0: Welcome to Say When, a podcast for anyone who's had enough of restrictive diets, feeling bad about their bodies, or believing they can never be worthy or valued until they lose weight. Had enough of diet culture? Then it's time to say when. Welcome to today's episode all about gentle nutrition. I get a ton of questions about this topic, so today I'm gonna to do my best to explain what it is and why it's such an important step in healing your relationship with food and walking away from diet culture. Welcome to today's episode. My name is Holly Toscanini. By now, you've probably heard about intuitive eating and the concept of gentle nutrition has gained a lot of popularity in the health and wellness community. Intuitive eating has a framework and is based on two dietitians. Evelyn Triboli and Elise Raich. It includes 10 principles that help us honor our bodies and maintain the pleasure of eating. Intuitive eating also helps us explore ways dieting, restricting, or being focused just on weight loss has impacted our lives. It refers to an approach to eating that prioritizes variety and balanced nutrition without stress, guilt, or the rigidity of diets. Now the question I'm asked most is why isn't gentle nutrition the first place you start when practicing intuitive eating? This is because the focus is on developing a healthy and positive relationship with food and your body first. The very first principle is to reject the diet mentality which involves letting go completely of dieting and any other harmful weight loss strategies. This is because dieting often leads to a negative relationship with food and can interfere with your ability to trust your body and your body's natural cues. Once you've let go of the diet mentality, then you can focus on tuning into your body's signals and responding to them with self-care and compassion. It's important to note that the principles of intuitive eating don't necessarily have to be followed in any order, and they can always be revisited at any time depending on your individual needs and circumstances. The goal is to develop a positive and sustainable relationship with food and your body, which can ultimately lead to greater overall health and well-being. This is because if you don't start by learning to accept your body as it is, and begin the journey to heal your relationship with food, there's a really good chance you'll just turn this way of eating into another diet. See, gentle nutrition has so many benefits, not just for your physical health, but for your mental health as well. You see, it's a balanced and sustainable approach. It encourages a balanced and sustainable approach to eating, which can help you achieve and maintain good health without feeling deprived or overwhelmed. Also, by choosing a variety of foods, you can provide your body with all the nutrients it needs to function optimally. And eating a balanced diet can also improve your mood and energy levels, and that can positively impact your overall well-being. Plus, general Nutrition allows for personalization of food choices based on your individual likes and dislikes, as well as your cultural background and individual health needs. And finally, by taking a gentle approach to nutrition, you can reduce feelings of guilt or shame that may come up from strict or restrictive eating patterns. Now it's important to note that gentle nutrition should not become an obsession or a source of stress. Instead, it should be seen as a tool for supporting your health, well-being, and healing your relationship with food. Now switching from a diet mentality to practicing gentle nutrition can be challenging especially if you've spent most of your life on one diet or another. And let's face it, in today's society, there's a pervasive emphasis on the importance of being thin and conforming to a very strict set of unrealistic beauty standards. This pressure is compounded by a widespread diet culture that promotes restrictive eating and the fear of gaining weight. And as a result of this, many individuals experience bullying, fat shaming, fat phobia, and develop a negative relationship with food and their bodies that lasts a lifetime. Now, the diet industry has a long history of co-opting and commodifying wellness trends, and gentle nutrition is no exception. By understanding the ways in which the diet industry can co-opt and exploit wellness trends, you can make informed choices that prioritize your individual needs. Now, in recent years, the concept of gentle nutrition has gained popularity, And the industry has attempted to capitalize it by marketing their plans as gentle or balanced or intuitive. However, these diets often still involve strict rules, calorie counting, and other unsustainable practices that can harm you in the long run. One of the biggest harms of diet culture is its promotion of the thin ideal and the belief that thinness is equal to health and worth. This leads to all kinds of complications, not just a negative body image or some mental health issues, but also it can lead to some disordered eating behaviors. Many diets promoted by the diet industry are not sustainable in the long term, and they lead to yo-yo dieting or weight cycling, and the potential harm to your physical health. See, practicing a gentle approach to nutrition involves listening to your body's needs and making food choices that support your physical and mental health. You've got to recognize that no one diet works for everybody and that there's no such thing as a quote-unquote perfect diet. Instead, it's about finding a way of eating that works for you and is sustainable in the long term for your lifestyle. Now, in order to recognize and avoid some of these harmful marketing tactics, you've really got to look out for buzzwords like clean, detox, superfood... And even whole food, which can signal a restrictive and potentially harmful diet. Also, it indicates that some of these foods are better than others. And remember, in intuitive eating, food is food. There is no good or bad. Also, you've got to be really wary of any diets that promise quick results or require you to cut out entire food groups. And I want to point out in healthcare settings, it's important to make sure you advocate for yourself and your health by speaking up about any concerns or questions you might have about a recommended diet or weight loss plan. Remember, you have the right to choose a healthcare provider that aligns with your values and beliefs about health and wellness. I'm just saying. See, Diet culture is essentially a set of beliefs that not only values thinness above all else, but it promotes the pursuit of weight loss as the key to happiness and success it's pervasive in our society with messages about dieting and weight loss and clean eating constantly bombarding us through media and advertising unfortunately diet culture promotes a negative relationship with food and can lead to disordered eating habits now, something else I want to touch on is fat shaming and fat phobia because they are everywhere and this kind of shaming can take a lot of different forms bullying teasing Name calling, and even discrimination in the workplace or in healthcare settings. Fat phobia, on the other hand, is a fear or aversion to people who are overweight or considered obese. This fear often leads to stereotyping and discrimination, which can have a significant impact on the person's mental and physical health. And I just want to take a minute to talk about internalized fat phobia. See, Internalized fat phobia refers to the internalization of these societal biases and negative beliefs about body weight and size. It involves the exception, excuse me, it involves the acceptance and the adoption of these negative attitudes and stereotypes and it leads to self-directed fat shaming and discrimination. Internalized fat phobia can affect Anybody of any gender, but disproportionately impacts people who identify as women because of the pressure society puts on them to conform to strict and narrow beauty standards. This is a problem for a lot of reasons. First, it contributes to that perpetuation of weight stigma, which further marginalizes and discriminates against people based on their body size. This stigma can manifest in a lot of ways, like unemployment, uh, excuse me, employment discrimination, unequal access to health care, and being socially ostracized. Secondly, internalized fat phobia can have detrimental effects on our well-being, mentally and emotionally. It can lead to low self-esteem, body dissatisfaction, bo- uh, eating disorders, poor body image, you got it. Moreover, it reinforces the idea that thinner bodies are somehow superior or more desirable, and that creates a toxic environment that underlies undermines body neutrality and acceptance. Even women who are non-diet professionals like therapists, nutritionists, fitness instructors, and coaches can experience internalized fat phobia. Despite their expertise in promoting holistic well-being, they're not immune to the pervasive influence of societal biases. They may absorb these beliefs from their upbringing, education, media, or personal experiences. And internalized fat phobia can manifest as an implicit bias or judgment against clients or themselves. Usually it's against themselves, which can hinder their ability to provide unbiased, compassionate, and inclusive care. So if you are looking at social media and you see someone who promotes body positivity or body love, and is in a smaller body, you always want to make sure that they're confident regardless of the size of their body. Because, let's face it, our bodies change. And when you're in your 20s, you look differently than your 30s or 40s or 50s or above, and it's really difficult to try to maintain that 20-year-old physique for the rest of your life. So if you are willing to embrace the changes that your body is going through, no matter what's happening, and understand that no matter what happens in life, our bodies will always change. They never stay exactly the same. If you can embrace this and understand it, it gives you the ability to be unconditionally confident no matter what your body looks like. Now, when discussing fat phobia with others, it's important to approach the topic with empathy, respect, and an open mind. There are some ways you can have more effective conversations about it. You want to start by creating a safe and non judgmental space. You want to make sure that the person you're talking to feels comfortable expressing their thoughts and any experiences they may have had without the fear of being shamed or criticized. Next, you want to share personal stories and experiences, open up about your own journey and struggles with body image and fat phobia. This vulnerability is powerful and it can help create a connection and encourage the other person to share their own experiences. Also, it's a good idea to learn about misconceptions and provide education about these misconceptions. Offer some facts about the complex factors that influence our body weight, like genetics and metabolism and socioeconomic factors. You want to debunk any common myths or stereotypes associated with weight. Also, you want to encourage some self-reflection and be willing to ask thought-provoking questions to help somebody understand and examine their beliefs and biases. For example, how do you think societal beauty standards impact our perceptions of body weight? Or, have you ever felt pressure to conform to a certain body size? Then you want to promote body neutrality, and body acceptance. Emphasize the importance of appreciating diverse body types and challenging the idea that worthiness or beauty is somehow determined by size. Encourage self-care practices that prioritize overall well-being over any kind of weight loss. Overcoming internalized fat phobia is an ongoing self-reflection and it's about self-compassion. You want to recognize and challenge any of your own negative talk. Replace those thoughts with more positive or neutral thoughts and focus on your strengths, your accomplishments, and your overall well-being. You want to surround yourself with body acceptance influences. Look for media, books, social media accounts that promote body diversity, self-acceptance, and body neutrality. Engage with communities that promote inclusivity and challenge harmful beauty standards. You also want to engage in activities that promote self-care and self-acceptance. This can include mindfulness exercises, engaging in hobbies you enjoy, or maybe getting coaching, therapy, or counseling. And educate yourself. Learn about body acceptance and fat acceptance. Explore health at every size principles and understand the scientific, psychological, and social aspects of body weight that can help challenge internalized beliefs and biases. Finally, be an advocate for change. Speak up against weight stigma and discrimination when you encounter it. Use your voice and influence to promote inclusivity, diversity, and body acceptance in your personal and your professional life. Remember, it's a journey and it takes time and effort. Be patient with yourself and get help when you need it. See, the fear of gaining weight is common and perpetuated by diet culture and fat phobia. It often leads to a lot of disordered eating and restrictive eating habits. Additionally, this pressure to conform to society's standards of beauties lowers our self-esteem, and it can lead to body dysmorphia as well as anxiety and depression. Fortunately, there are strategies for overcoming the negative impact of diet culture, fat shaming, and fat phobia. One strategy is to work with a coach, a therapist, or a registered dietitian who specializes in intuitive eating and body image. These non-diet professionals can help you develop a healthier relationship with food and your body and provide support during the entire recovery journey. Another strategy is to get support from a community of non-diet folks who share similar experiences. You can find groups online and social media. Connecting with other people who understand your struggles can provide a sense of validation and help you feel less alone in your journey. Finally, practicing self-compassion is also an important strategy for overcoming all of these barriers. This means treating yourself with kindness and understanding rather than self-criticism or judgment. Self-compassion can help people develop a more positive relationship with their bodies and reduce the impact of negative messages from society. You've got to recognize that gentle nutrition is a journey, and it's okay to make mistakes along the way. It's also important to to learn and to grow. It's essential to remember that change takes time and that we're working towards progress, not perfection. Gentle nutrition means nourishing the body with a variety of foods and not depriving yourself of any one food group. It's about finding a balance that works for each person's unique needs. Now, a lot of times people think that gentle nutrition or intuitive eating are just about uncontrollably eating junk food, and that's not the case. While intuitive eating does value nutrition for good health, it also allows for all kinds of foods. Now we know that our bodies need proper nourishment in order to function well, and that could mean taking in enough food and nutrients to sustain life, getting a balance of energy and variety of foods, and allowing for foods through our individual eating experiences that bring us pleasure. Now you've heard it before, and I'm going to say it again, dieting for weight loss simply does not work. It can actually result in weight gain over time. And studies have shown that people are more likely to binge after a period of restrictive eating. But many of us, including those of us who have been dieters for years, may want to improve our nutrition and eat a wide variety of foods. For people with possible physical and emotional damage from years of dieting, it's more productive to give yourself permission to eat than to try to impose a lot of restrictive rules. So most of these guidelines suggest what you should eat rather than what you shouldn't. And you also want to focus on how to balance your meals. I mean, we need protein, we need carbohydrates, and we need fats. We also have to learn how to approach some of the fun things in life, like sugar, salt, and processed foods, in a gentle and mindful way. The main areas you're gonna focus on when you begin practicing gentle nutrition are getting enough. Years of restricted diets can distort our concept of what enough even feels like, And variety and balance. When we restrict our food intake or eliminate entire food groups, it's likely we're not going to get all the nutrients we need. So, enough. This is about getting enough of all the essential nutrients your body needs in order to function properly. It means including a variety of foods from all groups in your diet. In gentle nutrition and intuitive eating, adequacy is achieved by prioritizing nutrient-dense foods first. Things like fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and healthy fats. That sounds sane, doesn't it? See, balance refers to balancing the types and amounts of foods you eat. In gentle nutrition and intuitive eating, balance is achieved by eating a variety of foods in the appropriate amounts. This means avoiding strict diets or restrictive eating patterns and instead focusing on building a balanced plate, a balanced meal plan that includes a variety of foods. Now, variety refers to eating a wide range of foods to ensure that your body gets a diverse array of nutrients. In in general nutrition, variety is achieved by including all different types of foods in your diet. This can prevent nutrient deficiencies and it keeps your meals interesting and fun. And finally, individual foods. This refers to the idea that no single food is inherently good or bad and that all foods can be included in a healthy diet In general nutrition, individual foods are viewed in the context of your overall diet as well as your personal preferences. This means enjoying your favorite foods while also prioritizing nutrient dense foods most of the time. When you learn to practice this way of eating, you can nourish your body while also enjoying your meals and developing a positive relationship with food and that, my friend, will feed your soul. This isn't just about what you eat, but also how you think about food. We want to develop a mindset and habits that support a gentle nutrition lifestyle. And this all starts with self-compassion. Now, I know I talked about it before, but it's incredibly important to understand that this is a really key component. It involves treating ourselves with kindness and understanding instead of judgment or criticism. Now, this is incredibly important when it comes to food and eating. Many of us have been conditioned to think of certain foods as good or bad or healthy or unhealthy and to feel guilty or ashamed when we eat something that is considered to be bad. This just leads to a cycle of restriction, binging, and then even more guilt and shame. With self-compassion, we can learn to approach food in a more balanced, and accepting way. This means letting go of the idea that there are good or bad foods and instead focuses on nourishing ourselves in a way that feels sustainable and enjoyable. It also means being kind to ourselves and recognizing that indulgences are a normal part of a healthy relationship with food. This brings us to a concept called habituation that I think is really important to kind of touch on. Habituation is a concept that relates to our natural tendency to become accustomed to things over time. So when it comes to eating habituation refers to the process of becoming desensitized to a particular food or particular eating behavior through repeated exposure. Everybody has that one trigger food, right? That you never bring in the house. So this is about getting used to certain foods or certain eating patterns and finding a balance that works for you. Habituation can be pretty powerful because by paying attention to your body's signals, you can gradually learn to recognize when you're hungry, satisfied, or full. And by regularly exposing yourself to different types of foods, good or bad, whatever you might have thought before, and eating mindfully, you then begin to develop a healthier relationship with food and you're able to finally let go of restrictive or emotional eating habits. Let's say you love peanut butter cups. One of my clients loved them, but she would never buy them or bring them into the house because she was afraid that once she opened that bag, she'd eat the entire thing. Now, she had decided long ago that they were a bad food and that she should never eat them. They should never be allowed in a healthy diet. Becoming habituated to them could have looked like just giving herself permission to have as many as she wanted whenever she wanted. She could have them every day if she wanted, And then over time, she practiced changing the thoughts she had about eating them from feeling guilty or ashamed to eventually feeling neutral about having them at all. The goal is to not be triggered by the peanut butter cups. You can take them or leave them just because they're no longer bad or restricted food. You can explore a variety of foods, portion sizes, and meal timings, paying attention to how they make you feel and physically and emotionally, it's kind of like conducting an experiment with yourself where you make little adjustments and observe the effects. Now, this process allows you to fine tune your choices and find a sustainable and enjoyable approach to eating and nutrition. See, when my client practiced habituation, she was developing a positive and flexible mindset toward food. It was all about creating a balanced relationship with eating where she could listen to her body honor its signals, and make gradual adjustments based on her individual needs and health goals. Finally, gentle nutrition helps us reframe the way we think about food and eating. Instead of focusing on strict rules or restrictions, we can learn to think of food as a source of nourishment and pleasure, so we embrace that variety of foods that we've been talking about, including any that you might have considered off limits in the past and learn that it's okay to have these things in a balanced diet. You can also learn to pay attention to hunger and fullness. This could mean slowing down and savoring your food rather than rushing through meals and learning to distinguish between physical hunger and emotional cravings. This brings us to mindful eating, which is a practice that involves paying attention to the experience of eating without judgment or even distraction. This means tuning into those hunger and fullness cues again, as well as our entire sensory experience of eating the food. I mean, every single aspect of it, what it looks like on the plate, the colors, the visual sensation, the smell, the taste, the temperature. Is it hot or cold? Is it creamy or crunchy? Mindful eating helps us develop a more positive relationship with food, and it helps us make more conscious and intentional food choices. You can practice by just first tuning into your hunger. Mindful eating begins with becoming more aware of that physical sensation, if am I hungry or not. This means checking in with ourselves before, during, and after our meal to see how hungry or full we are. One way you can do this is to rate your hunger and fullness on a scale of, let's say, 1 to 10, with 1 being starving or very hungry to 10 being completely stuffed and all the way full. You want to aim to eat your meals when you're no lower than a 3 or 4 and stop eating when you're around a 7 or 8. That doesn't work every time, but it's a good guideline. Also, savor your food. It It enjoys the process of taking the time to savor the experience. As I mentioned, all of the aspects of eating, you also want to include your environment, not just where you're eating and what you're eating, but what do you hear? What is going on around you? Are you eating alone or with friends? The other thing about paying attention to our food is practicing eating without distractions like the TV or the phone or the computer. You see, when we get distracted, we're a lot less likely to pay attention to our hunger and fullness and eat more than we might want to. So try to eat in a quiet and calm environment and focus on the experience of eating. The last thing I'm going to say about mindful eating is that practicing gratitude can also be a really powerful way to get more pleasure and enjoyment out of your meal. Take a moment before your meal to acknowledge where your food came from and the effort that went into growing it, preparing it, and serving it. How did it get from where it came from to your plate? This can help us feel more connected to our food and more appreciative of the nourishment that it provides. See, getting started with uh, gentle nutrition can sometimes feel overwhelming. I get it, especially if you're used to following restrictive diets, um, counting calories or macros. So let's cover a few tips and some strategies that can help you get started. What I want you to do is consider starting with just a little self-reflection. Take some time to reflect on how you eat now and identify any areas where you might like to make changes. Consider things like food preferences, lifestyle, cultural background, and any health goals you might have. Then it's important to adopt a flexible mindset. So instead of following those strict rules that diets have given us, Focus on developing a more flexible approach. Allow yourself to enjoy a wide variety of foods without any guilt or shame. It could also be helpful to plan your meals ahead of time. Meal planning can help save time and helps you make different choices. So consider planning your meals that are full of variety and balance. Try to include at least one new thing a week just to keep things interesting. And before heading to the grocery store, make a list of the foods you need for the week. Remember, get enough, Get a variety have balanced meals and include foods that you enjoy now for a lot of people i know cooking can be fun and it can be a creative experience so experiment with new flavors ingredients or even cooking techniques focus on the joy of the act of cooking the creativity there and the sharing of the food you create with the people you love and again mindful eating that's important because it involves paying attention to the sensory experience of eating eating slowly savoring each bite, and avoiding distractions. And finally, find joy in food. Food is pleasure and it's meant to be enjoyed, so you've got to look for ways to find joy in the foods you eat. So instead of focusing on restriction or deprivation, focus on incorporating foods that you enjoy and that make you feel good. Incorporating gentle nutrition into your life is about creating a positive and sustainable relationship with food. By adopting a flexible and mindful approach, you can make healthier choices that support your overall health for the long term. Practicing gentle nutrition can also promote a positive relationship with food because it encourages you to see food as nourishment and enjoyment rather than something to be feared or controlled. By doing this, you're allowing yourself some flexibility and you're less likely to feel restricted or deprived and that leads to healthier eating overall. It also includes choosing foods that are nutritious and satisfying. So by focusing on nutrient-dense foods, you can promote your overall health, improve your energy, get better sleep, and have better mental clarity. Also, gentle nutrition is a sustainable approach to healthy eating that allows for flexibility and balance. By making food choices based on your individual needs and preferences, you are a lot more likely to stick to a way of eating that's good for you in the long term that you can sustain. You know, gentle nutrition also promotes a non-judgmental approach to food, and that can reduce stress and anxiety around meal times. By choosing foods that nourish your body, your mind, and your soul, you can feel confident in your food choices and enjoy meals without anxiety, guilt, or shame. Now, another question that comes up with my clients is often this, so how does weight loss or calorie balance fit in with a gentle nutrition approach? I want to say first it's important to understand the difference between weight loss and health. While losing weight might improve certain health markers, it's not a reliable indicator of overall health. In fact, research has shown that weight stigma and chronic dieting can actually cause more harm to your mental and physical health than living in a larger body. So instead of fixating on a number on the scale, This gentle nutrition approach encourages us to focus on nourishing our bodies with a balanced, varied diet. It means prioritizing foods like, yes, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins and fats, as well as enjoying indulgent or play foods without any guilt or shame. You see, when you learn to be an intuitive eater, you learn to listen to the wisdom of your bodies and trust what you hear. You also learn to eat in a way that feels satisfying and sustainable. The Gentle Nutrition approach prioritizes overall health and well-being over any kind of strict diet or even weight loss. So remember, be patient and kind to yourself and focus on building healthy habits that you can maintain for life. All right, you think you might be ready to give Intuitive Eating and Gentle Nutrition a try? This can be a big step toward improving your relationship with food and your body. All right, so if you think you're ready, let's see. You're probably ready if you're tired of dieting. If you've tried countless diets in the past and you're tired of feeling restricted or deprived, this is a good option for you. This way of eating focuses on listening to your body's natural hunger and fullness instead of following restrictive rules or or, um, (laughs) depriving yourself. Next, if you want to improve your relationship with food and your body, if you struggle with guilt or shame or anxiety around food or the way you look, This way of eating can help you develop a healthier and more positive relationship with both food and your body. If you've lost touch with your body's natural signals of hunger and fullness, gentle nutrition can help you relearn how to tune in and respond to these signals. Plus, if you're open to letting go of diet culture, this way of eating involves rejecting diet mentality and letting go of harmful weight loss strategies. So, if you're willing to let go of the idea that thinness equals happiness, Intuitive eating and gentle nutrition may be a good fit for you. And lastly, if you're ready for a sustainable approach to food and your body, this non-diet approach focuses on long-term health and well-being instead of short-term weight loss. If you're ready to focus on self-care, self-compassion, and sustainable habits, you're ready. See, gentle nutrition is an approach to eating that focuses on nourishing our body, enjoying our meals, and having a positive relationship with food. If you think you're ready to get started, here's a little roadmap for incorporating gentle nutrition into your life. Start with small changes. Making too many changes at once can be overwhelming and unsustainable. Instead, focus on making one or two small changes at a time, like adding more fruits or vegetables to your meal, or choosing whole grains instead of refined grains, or maybe bringing in one of those trigger foods. Listen to your body. Pay attention to how different foods make you feel. Eat when you're hungry, and stop when you're full whenever possible. This can help you develop a healthier relationship with food and avoid relying on any restrictive eating behaviors. And lastly, it's okay to like your food. Find joy in your meals. Experiment with new flavors, cooking methods, new recipes, and be willing to enjoy meals with friends and family. Eating a variety of foods is important and more pleasurable. There are so many delicious foods in the world. Don't restrict yourself to just a few. Have some vegetables. You know, human bodies are designed to get a lot of their nutritional requirements from vegetables. Next, have some fruit. Fruit's delicious. Yes, it has carbohydrates, but that's okay. Your body needs that. Fruit is satisfying and good for you, and it helps satisfy a sweet tooth. Plus, a lot of it's pretty high in fiber. And you know, you might want to give fish a try. Of all the animal sources of protein, fish has the best balance of nutrients. It also has fish oil, which is good for your health. Now, if you hate to cook fish, maybe canned tuna, salmon, or sardines, or just make it a habit to order fish whenever you eat out. Try something new. Make sure you're getting plenty of liquids, especially when it's hot. Water is essential for good health. Yes, coffee counts, but... um, Let's focus on water first and fill your plate with food you enjoy. And remember, it's so important to eat for pleasure. Insist on delicious, satisfying food. Gentle nutrition is a powerful approach to eating that can help you prioritize getting pleasure, variety, and balance. And by practicing mindful eating and developing a supportive mindset and habits, you can improve your relationship with food and your body. Practicing gentle nutrition can promote a positive relationship, nutritional benefits, and support long-term health goals, as well as reduce anxiety and stress around food and eating. Now, working with a professional non-diet coach like me, who specializes in intuitive eating and body image, can be super helpful when you're ready to become an intuitive eater. You'll receive personalized guidance and support based on your individual needs and goals. I can help you stay accountable and provide you with ongoing support, encouragement, and guidance to help you to continue to make those positive changes. Plus, you'll learn more about how to make choices that align with your values and your goals, as well as make informed decisions about what's best for you and your health. Also, you'll navigate the ups and downs on your journey to living a non-diet lifestyle in a way that feels supported. Now, there's a lot of online groups and books and podcasts that can provide you with additional support, information, and guidance. These resources can also help you connect with others who are on a similar journey and provide you with a sense of community and belonging. Overall, working together, I can help you make Gentle Nutrition a sustainable and fulfilling lifestyle choice. By taking the time to invest in your health and well-being, you can create lasting change and achieve your health and wellness goals. Remember, the journey to intuitive eating and gentle nutrition is a personal one, and it's okay to take it step by step. Embrace the process. Be patient with yourself and enjoy the freedom and the empowerment that comes with nourishing your body in a way that feels right for you. Until next time, thank you so much and bye for now. If you're feeling drawn to this non-diet approach, I encourage you to take the first step and schedule a free coaching call with me. In my program, we weave together the principles of life coaching, nutrition coaching, and health coaching to form a powerful strategy that can revolutionize not just how you eat, but how you live. Together, we can start exploring how this transformative program can empower you to redefine your relationship with food, your body, and ultimately, your life. Remember, you're just one decision away from learning how to live your life with unconditional confidence, freedom and joy. Thanks for listening.